and welcome back to another episode of Backseat Directors, bringing you the latest in movie reviews and recommendations. I am your host, Andre Hutchins, and this is episode 28. And yes, this is my incredibly raspy, sick voice. I've actually been getting over a cough just over the last couple days, and it's lingering just a little bit longer, so I apologize for that. I hope it doesn't sound too bad once I'm done recording, but just know that the content is going to be just as good as usual, just my voice just a little bit off. So on today's episode, though, I'm I'm actually joined again by Andre. He joined me on uh, the latest Movies Coming Soon episode, uh, previewing the movies coming for the month of August. Um, so this will be his second time on the podcast, but actually his first doing a movie review with me. So I'm excited to have Andre back, and we hope you guys enjoy today's show. All right, listeners, uh, this is actually round two. Andre and I were recording previously, but just had some audio technicalities and some issues, but it since has been resolved. So, Andre, thanks for coming on the podcast with me again. No problem. Yeah, well, uh, this is uh, this is your second appearance in, uh, I think, in, in, in less than three weeks, I believe. Um, so, Andre was actually just recently on um, our Movies Coming Soon episode, so he, he previewed all the movies coming out for the month of August. And uh, so, yeah, so it's good to have you back. Well, it's good to be back. I'm glad you could have me. I mean, it's short notice, but as always, I love talking movies, and I think, like, as lo- I guess there's never too short notice, especially when, I mean, I just saw this movie yesterday, so... <laughs> Well, it's it's fractured my mind. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, same here. Yeah, I just saw it yesterday as well, and uh, um, and, and yes, it is short notice. So I think uh, I think that's another just twenty four hour notice that I gave you, or <laughs> at least a, 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 a forehand warning that uh, maybe I'd, I'd have you on the podcast. So thanks for being accommodating. But uh, so since yeah. since we already went through the get to know you questions in that movie's coming soon um, episode. We're going to go ahead and forego that one, and we're just going to jump straight into this week's movie. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. So this week's movie that we will be reviewing is Logan Lucky. Movie details. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains. From the director that brought you Oceans 11, 12, and 13 comes another clever heist movie with some southern charm. Logan Lucky takes place in the heart of North Carolina and at one of the most heralded sporting events in that region. Trying to reverse a family curse, brothers Jimmy and Clyde Logan set out to execute an elaborate robbery during the legendary NASCAR Coca-Cola 600 race at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Logan Lucky was released in U.S. theaters on August 18th, 2017, and it has a running time of 1 hour and 59 minutes, and it's rated PG-13 for language and some crude comments. Logan Lucky stars Channing Tatum as Jimmy Logan, the mastermind behind the heist. Adam Driver as Clyde Logan, the one-handed wounded vet and brother to Jimmy. Riley Keough as Melly Logan and sister to the Logan brothers. And Daniel Craig as Joe Bang, the incarcerated demolitions expert. Katie Holmes and Katherine Waterston also have small roles in this movie, along with Hilary Swank. Let's talk about Adam Driver for just one second, though. Ever since his Star Wars debut in 2015 as Kylo Ren, Driver's career has really begun to take off. Logan Lucky is Driver's fifth appearance in a full-length feature film since The Force Awakens, with two additional movies already in post-production. And last but not least, I would just like to touch on uh, Riley Keough, 
who has really begun to make a name for herself in Hollywood, and she was quite good in Logan Lucky and one of the standout actors in the film for me. She has also had roles in other well-known movies such as the 2012 Magic Mike, 2015's Mad Max Fury Road, and more recently starring in this year's suspenseful horror movie, It Comes at Night. Logan Lucky was directed by Steven Soderbergh, and Soderbergh has directed a handful of really well-known films, most notably the 2000 film Aaron Brockovich, followed by 2001 Ocean's Eleven, and 12, and 13. Also Magic Mike in 2012, which also starred Channing Tatum and Riley Keough. But maybe one of my favorite Soderbergh movies, and one that is a little less well-known, is the 2011 film starring Matt Damon called Contagion. Logan Lucky had a production budget of an estimated $29 million, and it grossed a little over $8 million in its domestic opening weekend. All right, listeners, now on to the movie review. Backseat Directors, movie review. Okay, so Andre, since this movie is fresh on our mind, um, and this was actually the movie that I was most looking forward to for the month of August, tell me, tell me, and, and I know I think you said Detroit was yours, but tell me, I guess, what your thoughts were leading up to this movie. Were you excited about it? Um, I was definitely anticipating it. I mean, as we talked about before, like seeing Daniel Craig with a southern accent. I mean, that to me, that that equals comedic gold, I think. Yeah. Because, uh, especially, well, for me, like, I, uh, I guess southern accents are sometimes funny sounding. Like, I don't know. Um, in that, I, it's one of those things, like, I, I lived in the south for a while and it was hard for me to, I guess, discuss it, uh, discuss with some people who were, like, had extreme southern accents. So when you hear somebody who has, like, honestly, a fairly thick British accent, and then he's going to be taking on this West Virginian type of accent, which is different from what I'm used to hearing, but uh, it's it's a definitely different type of character role for Daniel Craig, especially because, I mean, he's known to being Bond and doing all these, like, serious roles. So for me, that, that was, uh, once I saw that, I was like, all right, I'm going to see this movie. And I, I was excited for it. Like you said, it wasn't my most anticipated film of the month, but I was so excited for it going in. Yeah, no, I, and I was definitely excited about it. And just what you said, seeing Daniel Craig in this kind of role uh, definitely caught my interest. Uh, but I, I'm I'm a fan of Soderbergh's films, uh, especially the Ocean's mm-hmm. movies. I really enjoy those. And so him coming out with another heist movie, I was really excited about this one. And so, yeah, along, you know, you have the director, you have the cast. I, I, I was just... I don't know. I think my expectations were were pretty high on this movie. So, yeah. So since we just saw it yesterday, tell me tell me what your thoughts were after walking out of the movie. Which did you like it? Did you not like it? Let's let's just jump right in. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, there were some like very funny bits, some really good dialogue. The cinematography was, I think, pretty well done by uh, a Soderbergh. Um, uh, what is it? A uh, synonym, or not a synonym? The uh, the fake name. Like he apparently has um, fake names that he goes by, so he like uh, brings. So he's able to basically do everything, which includes uh, directing, filming, scripting, everything. Pretty much is just him. Oh, serious? Um, he, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, like, um, I, I looked into this, and, like, apparently this is something he does also on, um, like, the, some of the Ocean films, too, uh, on the name of at least his cinematographer. That one, I think, is used um, a lot of the times. Uh, hold on, let me find the precise name. 
Um, the cinematography is Peter Andrews, and the editor is Mary Ann Bernard. And even if you go on like Wikipedia and like click the links for these two people, it takes you to Steven Soderbergh's page. Oh, really? <laughs> That's really yeah. interesting. No, I did not so, know about that. Yeah, so he has like extreme creative control over um, over his films. So, and I, I, I like that because you can see at least there's passion being put into the film, and that's what I really liked. And it was very similar to the Ocean's films, which I really enjoyed. I mean, I love a great heist film. Um, I mean, I when I was young, my parents showed me The Sting with Paul Newman and uh, other Redford. So, like, I, I grew up, like, on heist films where I liked, oh, again, the Ocean's films. So, this, like, I in short, like, I did really like this film a lot. So, and, and I'm, gosh, I guess, I guess I think I just, I maybe had my expectations a little bit too high for this film. And, and it definitely sounds like you enjoy this film more than I did. So throughout the whole movie, I, I was just trying to figure out what this movie was trying to be. Um, you know, was it, was it trying to be an oceans movie? Was it trying to be its own movie? Um, you know, was it just was it just another heist movie? I, I I just felt confused for most of the duration of the film on the direction of the movie, the style of the movie, and and really just just following the story and the characters. It was really confusing for me, and and not not to say that you know the first time I watched Ocean's Eleven or something like that, you know, and this is just the style of a Soderbergh film where he he doesn't reveal all the details of a movie until towards the end. And I do like that, but I just, for me, this movie was just, it was just confusing on what I was supposed to get from the movie and what kind of movie it was trying to tell me that this is, this is what this movie is. And so, um, let's go ahead and just jump into our critiques and I'll go ahead and start first. I'm not sure how many you have, but there are quite a few for me. And so these were the ones that stood out the most to me though. Um, I, I just really thought that the characters were forgettable. I, I think you know, Channing Tatum's character, Adam Driver, um, even Daniel Craig, and I think Daniel Craig's character was the one I was most disappointed in because he was the one I was most looking forward to seeing. Um, gosh, the the characters that stood out to me the most though were were the supporting actors, um, like like uh, their sister Melly. So it helped mm-hmm. me out with her last name. I know it's Riley. Is it Keo or Keo? Uh, I yeah. honestly don't know. I'll just say Keo. <laughs> so yeah, Riley Keo. Yeah. And um, and then also just kind of the the smaller, uh, the, the smaller supporting actors, and uh, not just by role, by but by size size as well. So um, Channing Tatum's daughter in the movie, uh, Sadie. Um, I, I thought I thought she was good for her. I, I think she's like six or seven years old for a little actress. Yeah. And then Catherine Waterston. So she had a very small role in the movie. And with that limited role, I thought she did really well um, outside of her haircut. My goodness, she's got to do something with that hair. I think it was, <laughs> it was hair left over from Alien Covenant this year still. Yeah. But, uh, um, uh, I, it just, I just, I don't know. I, I, you know, and it's hard to compare um, well, I, not, it's not hard to compare. It's hard not to compare. And, and, and I hate trying to compare movies, just let a movie be its own self. But, you know, when we're talking the same director and the same genre of film as Ocean's 11, it's hard not to compare it to Ocean's. And in Ocean's 11, there are a lot of characters. Obviously it's called Ocean's 11. You know, there are 11 people, part of the heist. 
But right. I, it, each of those characters I thought was very unique, very well written, and had a great presence on screen. Where, whereas these characters in Logan Lucky, I just thought were they they just were not strong enough for me. And 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 I don't think that has anything to do with with the actor's performance. I think it was just how they were written and the dialogue that was shared between the characters. And so, um, what what do you think of the characters? Were they were they enjoyable for you? What do you think? Um, well, to be honest, uh, I, I do agree that there, one of the bigger flaws is that it is very similar to an Ocean's film. I mean, I, that, I guess if this is, um, I mean, they referenced it in the movie itself. Uh, they call it what, the, the heist is Ocean 7. I, it, I, it's like, it's like it's in the same universe again. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of that, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, like, I don't like shared universes, um, especially now that they've become like a fad and that that whole thing. That's a whole other discussion. But, right. um, but I mean, for me, like I actually I'm the exact opposite of you, in in that I remember all the characters. The minor ones are the ones that I didn't like as much. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I I. Person, aside from the the daughter, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I I liked her a lot. She was the innocent. I loved it. And I'm not gonna lie. When uh, they started singing uh, the John Denver song that uh, scene near the end, I mean, I was singing along. I'm not gonna deny that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like Catherine Waterston, I her character for me was I didn't see a point to her character really at all. She was the romantic instance. She didn't really, I guess, progress the, I guess, the, the, I guess, the plot of the film in that of, I guess, similar to like a, the Julie Roberts character in the Oceans film. Like she was like the wife of um, uh, Andy Garcia's right. character right. Um, and ex-wife of Clooney's character. So, um they like there was something there the reason there was connection to doing it but this her character kind of just was there she just was a random uh what do you call it random meeting at a gas station which then led it to a tetanus shot which then he remembered that he kissed her once and then that and then apparently that's enough to spark a donation to what they were doing and also a relationship me that i i saw that i was like that okay i i see what they're doing but it it, it didn't work for me as well. Yeah. Um, but I personally, I, I, um, going off of that, I did like a lot of the main characters. I thought Daniel Craig was uh, hilarious as like basically this explosive savant. I thought that was actually a very well written character in that sense. And I, this is one of my actually favorite Channing Tatum movies. I'm not a big Channing Tatum fan. <laughs> I've, I've never, I've never really been. I didn't like his acting. Um, I, I just never liked him. And, but this for me was one of his better roles. I actually felt for his character a little bit. Having said that, um, the one other critique I had with this film is that it, the motivation behind, uh, I guess the height, the reason why the heist was happening, I felt that was a little weak. In, like in comparison to, again, comparing to the ocean films, it like you get that because he's trying to get back his wife. He's trying to take down this bad corporation, this extreme antagonist. But the the Logan brothers are just 
they they're just going do just trying to get money. So you don't really feel that invested toward the heist in that sense. Like you want them obviously to, I guess, succeed because it's a heist film. And yeah, like you do kind of get um, with Channing Tatum's character a, a little bit on yeah, he's trying to get money so he can afford a lawyer to deal with his daughter. But it, it it just wasn't enough push for a, I guess a huge heist like that. At least for me. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think that's where for, for me I I think you know, the, the movie just felt confusing in its direction is because again comparing it to Ocean's Eleven, the, the Ocean's Eleven story and and the story arc is very strong and, and and it's very simple to follow. You know, their reasons and motivations behind what they're doing is very understandable, you know, and, and maybe even relatable to some people. And this, it was it just like you said, it was never clearly defined what their motivations were and why they actually wanted to do this. And so, um, and gosh, what I kept thinking about, you know, because you think about all the very memorable characters that are in Ocean's Eleven, and some of my favorites um, are are the two uh, Utah Mormon boys, uh, the twins. Well, I, I think they said they're twins or yeah. brothers in Ocean's Eleven. You know, one of them's yeah. Casey Affleck, and uh, um, but you have two brothers in this movie. Well, I guess technically three, but the two, you know, the two that help with the heist. Um, right. Again, just forgettable. I. I there was nothing about them that like, I don't know. It just, for me, it just, nothing really connected. Nothing really stood out for me. And, and as much as I like Adam driver and I think Adam driver is a fine actor. Um, I, I was really wanting more from, from his character too. But, um, okay. Tell me what you think about this, because this was something that really stood out. So there throughout the movie, there are long drawn out, drawn out scenes without any music. Um, you know, mm-hmm. or soundtrack to go along with what's happening. And, and for me, it's just kind of uncomfortable, awkward silence. And then when it actually adds in music, it, uh, part of the time, it's kind of that Southern, uh, you know, that Southern twang and, and just kind of that Southern style music. And then the yeah. other half of the time, the style of music is very Ocean's Eleven-esque. And so it's kind of like that, that uh, 60s or 70s, uh, type of elevator music, if you could call it that. Yeah, yeah I um, And and so that's where again, I just kind of felt confused as to what what is this movie trying to be? Is it, you know, is it? Are we supposed to believe that this is a southern film? Well, if we are, then wh- why is it playing this kind of music in it? And so, I, well, I mean, what do you think of that? Did you notice the music at all in the movie? Um, aside from like, just. Uh, I guess the final scene when they're revealing like everything of like how the heist is pulled off and stuff. That was like my main thing. Um, I did it didn't bother me too much um, because I was actually I, I was I wanted to see the heist happen um, and work out. I guess to the better. Like I wanted this. Like I, I was following the story fairly well. The music didn't really bother me too much. Um, I did like on that note. Like. Like I said, I was singing along with it, the uh, Country Road song. Like I, One, I really like that song in general, but I liked how they kind of made that like an emotional type of thing to the character. Yeah. So for me, um, other than that, and then like I guess I was familiar with it, I didn't find anything wrong with the music, but then I didn't, I, I didn't think much of it either. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so and I, I think I had maybe a couple more things, but... I. 
they're, they're not included in my notes. If they come up, we'll just come back to them. But okay, tell tell me what you like most about this movie. What are the things that stood out to you? I mean, like I said, I think what stood out to me are is like some of the characters. For me, like I said, Jenny Tatum, I thought he did a really good job. I'm not a big fan, but um, of him generally, but I really liked the, his relationship with um, Adam Driver's character. I thought that their brother um, relationship was fairly believable. Um, I believe that they related. I mean, you you may have a different perspective than I do. I mean, I'm an only child, so I can't really. Uh, I guess, uh, go to that. You have a much bigger family than I do. <laughs> um, but for me, like, I, I believe that there was some connection between them and they really, I guess, uh, worked together well. They worked off of each other decently. I really liked having Millie in there. I wish she had a little bit more to do, but I did like her, um, as a character. And then again, Daniel Craig for me, like, that sold it for me. I thought he was, really funny i thought like him doing a southern action was i thought was very good and i again i liked some of the smaller characters um and i thought it was kind of funny that you get that there was two british guys in this film and they were both doing southern action <laughs> and then um one of them being uh, one of the brothers um uh, the shorter one out of the two is, I think, Brandon Gleason, I think his name is. Yeah. Who's mm-hmm. like uh, the younger brother of and Dom Hall Gleason, I think. I, I've never been able to pronounce that other yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I thought like that was like, oh, this guy's Irish and he's doing a decent Southern accent. It was, Neither accent was perfect, but it was still kind of, I always love when I see like British guys um, doing like um, either American accents or southern accents like this and then the one british guy in the film was seth mcfarland <laughs> and, and for me like i'm a i'm a very big family guy fan at least not recently but his the earlier stuff so like for me like it was great to see him again yeah um, in a live action film but not being too overpowering because that was i guess um the problem with uh what, what's that film um that he did uh thousand ways to die in the west like he hmm. his he brings too much of a presence to the film because that's just his type of personality. It worked with Ted because he's a stuffed bear, but his type of comedy is very, I guess, it's just very out there. And so it was nice to see him and he, he made me, his character made me laugh. And, but not so much that I just got annoyed with him. He came in at the right times for me. The only like aside from the characters that I mentioned, I would say the only other one that really kind of just he was there. It was uh, Sebastian Stan. I he was. I was like, oh, it's Bucky. All right, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to me, like I, I, he was there. He existed. He's a, he's on the the bill, but I'm I didn't care that he was there. Adam Driver, I like him similar to what you said, and I thought he did decent, but. Uh, but yeah, for me, it was the characters that really stood out, and also the Soderbergh like film style. I I like his film style. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and again, I I I think it I think it's unfair to compare movies, you know, even movies from the same director, and and I'm trying really hard not to. And but so here are the things that stood out to me though, and these were things that I actually really liked. So. 
Channing Tatum and Adam Driver and Daniel Craig, they really, really got into their characters. And and you could tell. Like, <laughs> I, I loved... I love the costumes for each of them. Yeah, when I say costumes, I just mean, you know, just like the clothes that were given them for their yeah. roles. Like there was that scene where Channing Tatum is, uh, they're at that fair, you know, or the carnival. And he's yeah. like, he's like, he has like a, um, a John Deere hat on with like a Carhartt t-shirt and like army pants. <laughs> like it's just yeah. like, it, it was just very believable, very true. But the one thing that stood out to me the most with these characters is, and and I'm pretty sure there's no way that they they use CGI to kind of distort them physically, but did you notice how heavy they were, like just how much bigger they were? It, it wasn't the ripped Channing Tatum, you know, like in Magic Mike. Um, yeah, he and, and same with same with Daniel Craig. It wasn't the cut super fit James Bond for Daniel Craig. These guys were heavy. They looked like they put on like 25 to 30 pounds each. I don't know if you noticed that, but that's one thing that stood out to me. I, and and I'm going to do some more research to kind of verify that. But they just looked real big and heavy in this movie. Uh, I mean, it, I I didn't notice that. I mean, I also wasn't really looking for it. I just expect, I if if that happened, I would think it would have just been, I guess, um, like a little bit. I wouldn't have said twenty twenty five pounds. But I mean, then again, I wasn't looking for it, so I don't really remember uh, that as much. Okay, so if you remember, like, uh, you know, Christian Bale back in the day, he was all yeah. about, you know, how his ability to really, really extremely manipulate his body weight, you know. So he would do right. roles. He would do roles like the machinist or like uh, yeah. Rescue Dawn, um, you know, where he was he was skin and bones. He was nothing. He, I mean, gosh, he was probably down to like 120 pounds in some of those, um, you know, some of those movies. And then he'd be up to like 220 pounds for Batman, you know. Um, right. And so, and then do American uh, well, and it'd be just really cool to find out if maybe Channing Tatum and like, you know, Daniel Craig and stuff like they put on weight to be in these roles because yeah, I mean, you know, these guys are just, they're in the backwoods of North Carolina, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're, they're probably not going to be the most fit guys, you know, true to right. life. And, and it was just, it was fun. It was fun seeing them like that. It, 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 I don't know. It just made it, it made the characters a lot more believable, I think. And so, um, and then it, the movie definitely had its, its moments for me, there were definitely some laugh out loud moments and, mm. and that's, uh, and it definitely is attributed to, to the writing of some of these characters and just like very timely jokes and things like that. And so, um, I, I did, I did find myself laughing out loud at a few moments, which was, which was very enjoyable. But I, I think my highlight is the ending and just going back to what you were saying, it's the Soder Soderbergh style in filming yeah. where he just, he doesn't reveal all the details through, you know, in, in the majority of the film and, but he will at the end and he'll show you how it was done, how they did it. And, and for me, that was definitely satisfying. So, um, okay, let's, let's go ahead and just wrap this one up. Uh, tell me your final thoughts on, on this film and then we'll do our recommendation. I mean, I like I said, I do think that this film, like, it does suffer from the fact that it's not um, original. I mean, it is very much like o the Ocean's film. That heist feeling, the direction, like you said, you shouldn't compare films, but in this case, it it's really hard not to. And the, the film knows it, and I think that's why it saved it for me, because if... If, if they didn't say, oh, 
um, this is Ocean Seven Eleven. Then I mean the the press would be calling it that, or like we would be calling it that. I mean that that that's a term that I think the film knows that it's so similar, and that's why I was like, all right, well I'm just gonna take this for what it is. I it's not really trying to be different. It's trying to be a similar, but with like different types of characters. That for me was very strong, similar to what you said, written well. And I really like Soderbergh um, for this film, and I enjoyed it. I think as much as um, when I, the first time I saw Ocean's Eleven. Hmm. Um, so for me, that 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 it was a good film, and it was had its funny moments. I was laughing out loud. I do like specifically and particularly the Game of Thrones joke. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> Uh, but I will also say the type of humor is very different from then let's say the hitman's bodyguard. Like yes, it's, yeah, it's it's more of an artistic type of humor. It's more in the dialogue, and I like that type of humor. So yeah. It really just depends on what type of humor you're in the mood for. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I really, I, I personally, like I said, I was laughing um at the jokes that were being made. So here are my final thoughts, and uh. I- as much as I do enjoy Soderbergh films and in as much as of a fan as I am of the oceans movies. And I like all of them. I think all of them are, are very well done. You know, some are better than others, but I really do enjoy them. Um, for me, Logan lucky, just not, it just didn't meet my expectations and what I was hoping to see out of this movie. And in the comparison that I made, and I just wrote this on Twitter today actually, is that for me, it was kind of like, it was kind of like, comparing the Hobbit with the Lord of the Rings. I, I like the Hobbit, you know, um, I, I liked, I liked the story that we got from those films, even though the, <laughs> the third one was, uh, you know, somewhat questionable. Um, yeah, I, 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 I enjoy those films, but then when I start talking about the Lord of the Rings, it, it, there is just no comparison. The Lord of the Rings is just by far such a greater film franchise than the Hobbit. And, and that's just kind of my same impression that I got with Logan Lucky. It was all right, you know. It wasn't a terrible film, and I'm not and I'm not going to tell people not to go see it, you know. But it just for me, it just didn't meet that that benchmark. And so, okay, Andre, let's go ahead and do our last segment. That is uh, our backseat director's recommendation. Our recommendation. All right, Andre. So for you, what do you recommend for our audience? Is it a go see it, maybe wait, or no go? Uh, I, I would say go see it, uh, mainly just because I had a really great time uh, watching this film. I would probably go to see it again. Uh, for me, I would watch it. I would buy it on Blu-ray. So that that's me um, in regard to like it being obviously that comparison that you made. I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, the only separation I would say is that with Ocean's 12, um, I wasn't the biggest fan of that one in comparison to the other two. Mm-hmm. So so for me, that one definitely knocks it down. And I personally would say that this is better than Ocean's 12. Mm. Um, so I do agree that it's, def- um, it's definitely on some aspects of the Hobbit level compared to the Lord of the Rings. That's very true. I do agree with that. But I really like the first two Hobbit films. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, more so on the second one. Uh, but so, I mean, I saw those, I think, the second one at least twice in theaters. So, and, and I, I, so yeah, I would definitely go see this film. No, that's a great recommendation. And and I think you definitely defended your case and your point of view very well. Uh, so my recommendation is going to be a maybe wait. So, um, and for maybe wait, I just, I just mean like definitely, definitely see the film. I think it's worth seeing, you know, but you won't be sad if, if you, if you wait until it comes out to video or, you know, maybe just catch like a matinee or something like that. But, um, so yeah, that is my recommendation on Logan lucky. We have one, maybe wait and one go see it from Andre number two. Actually, maybe, maybe I can be Andre number two. You can be number one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Andre, Hey, thanks for joining me again. It was, it was a pleasure having you back on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it, it was uh, yeah, it was fun talking this movie with you. So, Andre, why don't you go ahead and let our uh, listeners know uh, if they don't know already how to follow you or get a hold of you on social media and how to read your own movie reviews. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter. It's at the formal review. Um, it's the same thing on Instagram, Facebook. You can all also follow uh, Film Hype HQ and also Box Office Buzz. That's Buzz with one Z. Are you, I'm writing for them, so if you you can pick either of them, they'll be shared on all of those, so you'll be able to read them in many different ways. All right, very cool. Well, thanks, Andre. And listeners, thank you for listening to today's episode and for downloading today's podcast. Make sure to stay up to date with us and uh, subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Podbean. And uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. We'd love for you to leave us a rating. Leave us a five-star rating. Uh, We would love that. Or just let us know what you think of the podcast. And, uh, um, yeah, and if you want to follow us online, uh, reach out to us. Let us know uh, what you think of this movie and any of the other movies that we've seen. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The BD Podcast. And if you'd like to be on the show just like Andre was today, reach out to me and just let me know. Um, And on behalf of Andre, this is Andre as well uh, from Backseat Directors. And we'll see you guys next week at the movies. The Backseat Directors theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast. Sit back, relax, kick up your feet, and turn off your phone.